Mel Kettle, and you're listening to This Connected Life, the show where connected leaders share their experience, values, and strategies that have helped them become more connectable so they achieve success in life and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Connected Life. I'm your host, Mel Kettle, and this week is episode 34, and I'm talking about staying connected while working from home. Very pertinent, given so many of us are going to be working from home over the coming weeks and months. I want to start by asking, though, how are you? Are you okay, or are you really struggling? It's such a challenging time right now, and for so many of us, our routines are dramatically changing. I spent most of Monday on the computer and on the phone, cancelling the next three months of travel, and that's a massive change for me. We know that change can bring fear and uncertainty, but as a bit of a Pollyanna, I like to also think it can bring hope and opportunity. And I'm not saying I'm not scared, because I am, and my lovely husband, who is the most unflappable person I know, is also a bit worried, and he's talking about it. So that's good, but that's how I know he's worried. However, I think I'm choosing, and it's hard, but I'm choosing to be hopeful and to see opportunities in through this bleakness. So I want you to have a think about what are some of the opportunities that being housebound and socially isolating might provide for you. For me, some of them include getting to spend more time at home um, and with Sean. He will still be working because he works for Coles, but um, who knows how much longer that's going to be for. Another opportunity for me is taking the time to write to finish writing my second book and depending on how long uh, my travel ban is I might get my third book written as well. A big thing for me is focusing on my health. Um, not traveling is going to have a huge positive benefit for me so I can really take some time to eat properly, to sleep properly, to exercise instead of trying to squeeze healthy habits into a really full travel schedule. And having the time to have long conversations on the phone and on Zoom with friends instead of a quick how are you by text message, which is often all that happens. And I'm also giving myself time to read more books and to watch a few more shows on Netflix. And if you haven't seen Zoe's extraordinary playlist on Stan, add it to your list. It's fantastic. And finally, I might even sort out my office because it's a bit of a bomb site. So if we flip the fear to opportunity, we're going to get through this. And this brings me to my next point. Given that so many of us are now working from home, what do we need to do to stay sane? I'm going to talk about this over two episodes. So this episode will be about staying sane when you're the person who's working from home. And my next episode, number 35, will be for people managers and leaders to give you some suggestions on how to stay connected with your teams when you're all working in different locations. So if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and you are a people manager, please do so you don't miss the next episode as well as others that I've got coming up. For those of you who don't know me, I've worked from home for about 15 years. I've also spent some of this time working in airports, on planes, in cafes, in client offices, and a short stint in a co-working space, but mostly I've worked from my home office at the front of my house. And for the most part, I love working from home. While it's not for everyone, 
it's going to have to be for the next few weeks or months. So we need to work out how do we make this new work normal work. And without sugarcoating it, it's going to be bloody hard a lot of the time or some of the time, especially if you're an extrovert and you need people around you. Actually, you know what? It's going to be hard regardless of your personality type, especially if it's something that you're not used to. And even for me, I am used to working from home and there are still days when it's hard. But let's focus on the positive. The best thing I think about working from home is that there is no commute. And that seriously, it's fantastic. Other good things about working from home, you save a lot of money because your work clothes last a lot longer. You don't have to spend as much time or energy doing your hair and makeup every day. I reckon you save money by not going out for lunch, not going out for drinks after work, not going to not contributing to the work morning teas, not paying for public transport or petrol in the car to get to work. I think my first year of work, working from home, I reckon I saved about $200 a week on all of those things. So that's a bonus. You've also got flexibility to do what you want when you want within reason. Um, But one of the things I like to often do is I'll start, if I'm going to cook something in the slow cooker or have a really nice meal, I might do something to prep it in the morning or I might bake a cake at lunchtime to have for afternoon tea. And I might have a delicious lunch most days um, because I work from home and I have the fridge and so I can. Um, Today, for example, I made a Thai pumpkin and lentil soup and while it was cooking, I had a Zoom chat with a friend I hadn't seen for ages. Quite often I'll watch an episode of Netflix at lunchtime or I'll read a novel or I'll go for a walk or I might go and catch up with a friend really quickly and I can do those things flexibly because I don't need to explain my absence because I'm getting the work done. So there's loads of benefits of working from home. However, while I work for myself, I've got a bit more freedom than those of you who work for others. Although there's basic principles that remain the same. And I think I reckon there's seven of these. Um, the first one is you need to set clear boundaries around the hours you work. Some of you might have clear boundaries set for you. Some of you might have more freedom in choosing them. Regardless, set these boundaries and stick to them. And this is really important so that you don't find yourself working every moment you're awake, which is definitely a temptation when you first start working from home. Or conversely, you think I'm at home, I don't want to work. And so you don't. Um, And I've gone through both of those periods over the last 15 years. The other thing that's important to remember about setting clear boundaries is that the other people who are at home with you understand you're there to work and what those hours look like. When I first started working from home, a lot of people focused on the fact that I was at home and not the fact that I was working. And they couldn't understand why I couldn't just pop out for a coffee, have a gossipy phone call for an hour or two in the middle of the day. I do all the housework on a Wednesday afternoon or, you know, things like that. So work out your boundaries in terms of the hours you'll work. You might stick to nine to five or you might not. And then tell the other people in your home what they are. And if you need to work in a common area at home, then have some sort of a symbol that reminds the other people that you're working. So that might be, you know, you might wear a funny hat, you might pin a sign to your back, you might wear a specific shirt. All those are social cues for the other people that you're at work. Which brings me to my second point of try to set clear boundaries around where you work. 
I'm really lucky I have a dedicated office and my husband knows that when I'm in my office I'm working and if I need to focus on some deep work or I'm on a teleconference or I'm recording a podcast not in the cupboard um, then I close the door which is my code for please don't disturb me. Ideally you will also find a dedicated space to work from. In a perfect world it will be a separate room that you could convert to an office in a not perfect world, it will be a table or a desk where you can set up your computer and the other work supplies. However, this is going to be really hard for some of you, so you're going to need to be creative. Similar to setting boundaries around your work hours, try and set a boundary around your working space. And it might be a physical boundary or it might be a mental boundary. And, you know, if you come up with some creative ideas, I'd love to know. This is also, you know, it's helpful for other people to know that this is your workspace. But it's also going to be helpful for you because over time you'll start to associate that space with work and other spaces for non-work. And I think the smaller your home, the more important it is that you set some space and some time for when you have to work. And then number three, create some rituals around working from home. My friend Sue has worked from home for even longer than I have and every morning she gets dressed up into a beautiful work outfit and puts on full face of makeup and does her hair as though she was leaving her home to go to an office. That is not me at all. In fact, the only reason I'm not in my pyjamas all day is because about three years after I started working from home, a client came around for a meeting I'd forgotten about one afternoon at about two o'clock and surprised me. And I was still in my pyjamas. You only make that mistake once. Another friend of mine goes for a walk every morning and when he comes back he makes a coffee and then he goes straight into his office to work. And coming home from the walk and making the coffee is his cue that it's, start, that it's time to start working. One of my rituals is around my working hours. I'm at my desk most days by 9am at the latest, sometimes earlier. And I usually finish up either when I hear Sean come home from work in the early days at least when he worked a nine to five job or when I hear the sounds of the six o'clock news on the TV. That to me is my, my time and my cue to stop working and be a part of the family. The fourth thing is make sure you make time to talk to real people every day. And if we all go into lockdown, this is going to be even more important. Think about how you can use video calling such as FaceTime or Zoom instead of relying on email or instant messaging. And if you're calling your boss or a colleague, then use FaceTime instead of only using audio. And you don't need to do that all the time, but try and do it some of the time. And try not to rely only on instant messaging and text messaging and email, especially if you live on your own. That social contact is going to be more critical than ever. And then number five, make time to exercise and to move. And again, this is possibly going to be a little bit more difficult if we do go into lockdown, but there are still ways to exercise in a small space. I once racked up 10,000 steps walking in very small circles in a very small hotel room while on two one-hour teleconferences. Because for me, a 10-minute phone call is equal to walking 1,000 steps, um, as well as exercise. Don't forget to move. We're not made to sit all day. And if you need to set an alarm to remind you to stand up and move a little bit or do some star jumps or some stretches every 30 minutes, then do that. And then number six, structure your day the same as you would if you were in the office. What time would you start? What time would you have lunch? How long would you have a lunch break for? 
What time would you stop work each day? Do you have regular meetings? How can you continue those? What deadlines do you have? What regular activities do you do every day? Use your calendar more than ever to help you structure your day and your tasks so that you get everything done within that period of work time as you would in an office. And then finally, make sure you get out and get some fresh air and some natural light. Open a window, stand on a balcony if you've got one, go into a garden or your backyard if you've got one, sit on the deck to read a book or have a cup of tea. My, my office has beautiful French doors and whenever the weather is appropriate, they're open. So I get fresh air and natural light. Now, if you live in an apartment and you don't have a balcony, it's going to be a lot more difficult. So at the very least, stand in front of an open window for a few minutes, a few times a day and just breathe in that fresh air. So that's all for me in terms of my suggestions, but I would love to hear yours. Are you working from home? What's your favourite part? What Do you share my frustrations when people only hear the I work from home and they just hear the home part? And I'd love to know what are the, what's the good, the bad and the ugly for you. Please email me. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. Um, you can get, use the hashtag ThisConnectedLife or tag me at Mel Kettle. My email is mel at melkettle.com. And don't forget, stay tuned next week when I'll be sharing some advice on how you can stay connected with your team working remotely. Thanks again and um, stay safe and stay self-isolated if you're at that stage now. Talk to you soon. Bye. that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you liked what you heard please hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and if you really liked what you heard please leave me a review on itunes or a recommendation on linkedin or both the show notes are all on the website melkettle.com forward slash podcast and i'd love you to connect with me on linkedin or twitter you'll find me at melkettle see you next time and stay connected Bye.